Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hello, and thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy, where we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and uphill battles on our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your goals. So let's lace up for 5 Miles Easy. If you want to up your running game with a runner coaching plan, you can get two weeks free with the code 5MILES. That's the number five, the word MILES on the runner coaching app thank you for joining us for five miles easy we are back together in the studio welcome back rose <laughs> fresh off the plane i have literally landed well a couple of hours ago so but my first first stop at the studio so it is priorities. great to be back yeah absolutely got my priorities right <laughs> so happy to have you back uh, so this is the final episode of season one that we're recording today. I know, I can't believe it. How have we got through two, 10 episodes? Yeah, it's gone so quickly, but really enjoying doing it. So really excited to see what season two holds. Lots yeah. of new things. But before we get there, final episode today is going to be answering some of our listener questions. So thank you very much for all of our listeners who have sent them in, we had some great questions coming in and can't wait to get through them today. Yep, it's going to be good. So the first question we're going to ask, though, is something that we like to ask all our guests. And that is, Rose, what is your why when it comes to running? I cannot believe we haven't answered this yet. We've asked so many people, so about time we answered it. My why when it comes to running it's kind of evolved over the years and it very much started out as something that I just did for kind of health, um, physical and mental health. It was my way of getting fit um, and also just de-stressing from work. It would be the thing that I, I mean, I used to run commute a lot to the office and it was such a good way of kind of clearing my head before work and afterwards, if I'd had a bad day, anything like that, it's just such a good de-stressor. So that was really what running started as for me. And then it kind of evolved into a real social thing when I moved to London and joined my first running club, Clap and Chasers. And I started going to the sessions, um, 
met some really good friends there and just it became this real I'll go as much for the social element as the fitness element in the sessions I wasn't terribly like consistent with them mainly because of work but yeah it was just such a fun all-inclusive thing to do and that kind of got me into doing some of the competitive elements as well a bit of like cross country I didn't do any track but cross country road races things like that so kind of morphed into added on the social element and then it 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 kind of evolved again during COVID when I started to train properly I saw a real improvement very quickly and it just I think during that time it just became this really exciting challenge it was something completely different I just like got out of the corporate world for a few months whilst I was on garden leave and I just got absolutely hooked on this like challenge to see how fast I could get and it was kind of exploring like how how much I could do in this three months and like how quick I could get and then obviously when when I saw the progression and then went back to work but carried on training and carried on with with a structured program and kind of chasing chasing the goals it really was like this almost like scientific experiment to just like see how far I could push my body yeah um and then of course now in my pro career after I signed with Puma I think a huge amount of it is just like the incredible opportunities and it's about following like the funnest route of life I can find just loving what I do and yeah just like going on all the camps like saying yes to as much as I can in the running world and kind of just doing as many cool things as I as I can whilst like running as a job which still sounds insane to me but I think that's kind of how it's evolved and I've still got all those original whys for running but I've just built on them throughout the years but I think yeah my my core one really is about kind of the opportunities and just having fun with it yeah I think that's so important isn't it because as you've shown at the moment you're having so much fun with it and it's bringing you so much success and I think is if you can do what you love but and your job in a way that makes you really enjoy it then you're going to get more out of it totally and it's not you know, it's not, especially when you're running at, you know, a high level and training is important to you. And so you do it every day. Not every day is going to be great. No. And you're going to go through rough patches. But if you have that, like, good, solid why of doing it for the fun of it, it will get you through the rough patches. Because like, yeah. even on a bad day, I'm like, well, I'm still doing something I love and still having fun. So, yeah, totally. exactly. I think it's so important to get the results like you've got to enjoy it yeah absolutely but what's yours what's your why for running so mine's also definitely evolved over the years as well I first when I first started running it was as a teenager very much competitively it was at a time where I was wanting to be a part of every sports team in the school and just very competitive so running to me was another competitive sport and I that's just how I saw it you know it's like right I want to do the best I can in this but I think that kind of links to maybe how it has evolved as well in terms of getting the most out of myself because that's just grown with me um 
but I think maybe as I went to uni and then when I left uni I was studying for my accountancy qualification when I started working running to me then gave me a bit of structure and some headspace from stress of studying working whatever um so that kind of became my why as well it was like an outlet and I realized like running was more than just competing with other people it was really good for my mind um, and then sort of combining those together that's still very much the case for me it's it does give me that structure it is really good for my head it is still a competitive sport I still want to try and get the most out of myself um, and I think that's the reminder but like you I absolutely love it and I have so much fun with it that it's probably why I'm still going today and why I think I'm going to be running for years to come because it's just so enjoyable uh but yeah I think so this is something that I've said to you before that is really really cringeworthy but it's so I think it's really true is that like running's like another friend to you right so yeah I love that it's so true <laughs> it's like you know it's just always there for you it's mm. it's waiting for you it's like non-judgmental um you know you might be injured you might not be able to run at some point but it's it's going to be there for like when you're ready to be able to face it again and I just think yeah it is like a friend I'll be yeah. up like running on my own and you kind of feel like you've almost got company because and it you're doing always something you picks love. you up <laughs> yeah. like however bad you feel in fact I think Jack Rowe said this is his why it just you're always gonna feel better after a run. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's guaranteed. So, yeah, I think lots of whys, but it's like what you said. It's always important on those bad days to remind yourself what yeah. your whys are, because ultimately we do it because we really enjoy it and we get loads out of it. And so, just reminding yourself of that. Yeah, totally. Did you? When you used to just do it as competition, did you actually enjoy it then? Yeah, I really did because I was, it was at a time where I was getting better because it was, you know, when you're starting running, you have like a base level and you start training, you're getting faster. So not only was it competition against other people, it's like competition against yourself because yeah. you're wanting to get PBs. So yeah, I really did enjoy it then as well. Um, yeah. I don't think been there's I don't think there's really been a time where I've actually hated running. There've been tough patches with it, but I think my why's always been there. So I've just yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Mm. And speaking of racing, that leads us nicely onto our first listener question, which is what is your favorite race that you've done and why? This is such a hard one because I mean, as I just said, I've been competing since I was a teenager. So I couldn't even tell you the number of races I've done in my life. And there have been some really enjoyable ones, whether it's cross country, road, maybe I wouldn't say I've had many enjoyable track races, so we can easily rule that <laughs> out. Um, but it's it's a really strange one because the I feel like my answer, you would expect my answer to maybe be a race where I've had a really good race or like got a PB or I've won the race. And I, those ones are definitely up there. But in terms of the race experience itself, I would say my favorite race is London Marathon and I've done it twice and both times it's not gone well for me personally, but the atmosphere at the London Marathon, I just think there's nothing like it. Um, like you can experience it as a spectator and it's 
deafening but when you experience it as someone that's running it's just yeah it's it's overwhelming and I think the fact that I've struggled in both like both times I've done London Marathon the fact that I've still managed to almost enjoy it because the crowds are just push pushing you along I just think like yeah if I felt like that in any other race I just don't think I could have got to the yeah. end and so. there's something so special about racing in your home streets yeah I think, isn't I think that's it yeah yeah it is it is a bit of that as well but I just think yeah it's such an incredible event yeah so. and that's a real testament to London that you still loved it so much <laughs> even if it didn't go well yeah yeah I did so you can always take the positives <laughs> yeah it is such a good one and what about you I can only maybe imagine given recent <laughs> events <laughs> yeah I mean Chicago was incredible having said that I totally agree with you on London and this there is something really special about doing London Marathon and it being on home streets and kind of having so many friends and family there but I have to say Chicago atmosphere as an elite was better because you you run with you run with other people so yeah I think London the crowds having friends and family there is incredible but you as an elite I've I've always ended up by myself for the last kind of 10 12k yeah but Chicago was so much fun because it was a real race with people and I actually haven't had that in that many races mm-hmm. and it just brought a whole different dimension to it um especially in the last like five seven k when I was chasing people down I was just having the best time yeah and the crowds were really good there weren't any quiet patches apart from the end weirdly because they actually stopped crowds for security okay um but apart from apart from the last few hundred meters it's yeah the crowds are out in force it was it was such a fun day and I think having had a good training block, it was also a bit of, you know, wanting to, just wanting it to all come together because I felt a lot of people have put into that and worked hard for it. So it was, yeah, yeah definitely rewarding was probably, feeling. yeah, most kind of a rewarding race I've done. Awesome. Okay, we've got a question that's specifically for you. How did your training change to take 20 minutes off your PB? I think it was 25, but this is when you went from, what 255 pb to 230 at the time yeah honestly pretty much everything changed Um, (laughs) i it was a bit of a bottoms up approach and if i'm honest not i wouldn't exactly recommend doing this because it was very much a zero to hero strategy but i firstly ran a lot more i think when i um when I was working I was running about kind of 30 35 miles a week and most of it was easy mileage very unstructured I would do just make the club sessions that I could make and some weeks if I didn't have deals on it would be you know I'd be at two sessions a week and then I wouldn't go for four weeks so mm-hmm. it was very unstructured and then when I was made redundant had three months garden leave I could literally train as much as I wanted so I ran a lot more. I started doing three sessions a week and better long runs. And I had, you know, I had time. That yeah. was that was the real key thing here. I had the time to do it. So I wouldn't say, it, you know, it's a very risky approach building up that quickly. And I did get some injuries, but it did get me 
fast quickly because I survived it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll caveat it with don't increase your don't mileage. Don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> but it does sometimes work. <laughs> um, so Steph, you've got Frankfurt coming up in just over a week. So oh. here's a good question to prep you for this. Pre-race nerves, how do you deal with them? This is a good one. So um, I think this has also changed over the years. If I think back to when I was younger competing, when you're kind of just like not really aware of what fit feelings mean, you just have them and so you yeah. don't question them. So I think, you know, like back when I was younger, yes, of course you get nervous before you race, but you're not thinking, oh no, why am I nervous? You deal with it. You know, as soon as the gun goes, you're, you've got no option, but you've got to run and that's fine. Then I think maybe as I've got a bit older and I've raced more, you're kind of, you can feel a bit overwhelmed by the nerves and you're like, you're aware you have them, maybe question them a bit. But I'm at a point now where recognizing nerves are just a feeling and nerves are normal. They're important as well. And they're going to help you perform. They give you adrenaline. They mean you care. Um, so yeah, just not, not questioning nerves. You're going to, you're going to feel nervous. And like, that's, that's just a fact. So don't, don't think about it, you know, get yourself in a good relaxed state on the start line. And when the gun goes, you're going to run, <laughs> you know, mm. it doesn't, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I'm pretty similar. I just try and it's, I think it's all about reframing it. Mm. And you can think of that feeling, you know, the butterflies in your stomach and everything is, oh, I'm really nervous. I'm like, okay, my body's getting ready for this. Yeah, It knows it's got a job to do. It knows it's gonna work hard yeah. and we're just getting ready. And it's excitement and it's adrenaline and it's what's going to carry me through the race. So I think it's just all about reframing. And as you said, not, you know, not overthinking what that feeling means and how nervous you should be yeah and just going with it yeah because in a normal day-to-day -day, you have so many different feelings that you don't necessarily question i always yeah. think you know like you might feel really happy and excited and you're not thinking why do i feel happy why do i totally. feel excited you know you go through these waves of emotion and that's just fine like they're just emotions yeah <laughs> i love that uh, okay this is a good one um, how do you approach drinking alcohol during marathon training? Do you do it? <laughs> I would say I take a fairly balanced approach with socializing, going out. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge drinker anyway. And during marathon training, I definitely pare it down. Um, but I don't go teetotal, never go, never go out, don't socialize because Personally, I find I need that element to be able to give 100% to my training. Not having that would be too much sacrifice and I would start kind of resenting my training and not be able to go into it with, you know, my best my best head mm. on. So I don't, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine during marathon training, but it will be not before a session and, you know, I'll just have one. But it doesn't stop me socialising. I'll still, you know, go out for dinner and friend with friends and everything. But I think it's just 
yeah it's felt like finding the balance that works for you and something that isn't so much sacrifice that you end up like hating training because that's not going to get you results no as we just said in the previous (laughs) question like you need the fun element yeah I think anyway but what about you yeah I totally agree I think for me again I'm not a big drinker either but I think having fun with my friends and being able to socialize and like appreciate that you can still have a fun good time makes everything it gives you perspective as well of like what's important and I think knowing that I've had a really nice time with my friends then makes me in a really good mood for like my training like a a few days later I don't know it just it makes me a happier person yeah just to appreciate that I've got these great friends I can have a nice time with them but also I work really hard on this other thing that I take really seriously as well so I think yeah it's about timing it right where you're not like having loads of drinks the night before an important session or a race (laughs) but just finding that balance that works for you and I think it's just also reminding yourself that having a couple drinks is not going to make you unfit. It's not going to be detrimental to your training. It's not going to undo all the hard work that you've done. You know, if it's going to make you have a good time, I think it's only a good thing. As long as you don't take it like completely to the extreme where you aren't sleeping or recovering. But And probably (laughs) if you're at a level where you're really stressing about having one drink, that stress is going to be more detriment (laughs) than just go and have a glass of wine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, all about balance for sure. Um, What specifically for you, what's your rest day like? Do you do nothing or is it more of an active rest day? So for me, um, and this is kind of the approach I've tend to have had with most of my coaches and definitely my coach at the moment is we don't schedule in like a weekly rest day it's not like every Friday you're not going to run for him he very much trusts that I tell him how I'm feeling so I'm a high mileage runner if I can reduce my mileage on some days have super easy days that really helps me recover rather than not running at all I can sometimes then feel actually a bit more heavy leg sluggish and I will 100% rest if I'm really run down, really exhausted. If I'm ill, then I'm honest with my coach. I'll be like, I feel like shit. (laughs) So, and he's like, take five days off. Like he very much encourages it because he knows if I say that, then wow, she (laughs) she needs this rest. So yeah, I think it's just being really honest with yourself, knowing your own body Um, and not comparing yourself to others because I know plenty of athletes where they structure in a weekly rest day or one every two weeks and that really works for them in terms of to recover reset um but yeah just you've got to do what's right for you in the way that you're going to get the most out of your training and make Mm. making sure that you do recover because yeah yeah recovery is key it is okay what are your favorite trainers Oh, good question. I think after Chicago Marathon, I'm going to have to say my race trainers. Oh, they look so cool. They (laughs) were cool. And I definitely feel like they helped me go faster. So they now have a special place in my heart. Yeah, and there were so many Puma runners that ran so well in them. So I can trust that they're good. Yeah, they are. They're bouncy. 
<laughs> love that you're going out shoes <laughs> they're also probably the highest heels I, uh, I own so yeah they could be my going out shoes too brilliant and what are yours so recently mine have changed because you were so kind to introduce me to some puma shoes which i'd never tried before and this is why we have sponsored athletes because then you're promoting the brand and I may have never tried them if I didn't know you, so. And you're good. converted. I'm, I am converted because I have been very loyal to <sighs> Nike shoes in the past. Um, yes. But yeah, they are the um, Magnify 2. Which actually I haven't even had a pair, so you're lucky. Yeah, you've got, you you've got them. them before me. They're like an everyday mileage shoe. They're just really bouncy, it's like, you know, if your legs feel a bit tired after a session, they're just so responsive and they don't, mm. you don't feel like you're slamming your feet into the ground, which I think you can get with some of them. You feel yeah. like you can still sort of bounce along and just, yeah, enjoy running. Well, I feel like I've done my job. <laughs> yes, you absolutely have. <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to a newbie runner, what would it be? Okay, I feel quite passionately about this because I see a lot of people trying to get into running and they want to get faster, they want to get better. And so they end up, for every run, they go out and run their fastest. Mm. And they think that, I mean, I guess it would work at the beginning, but that's not an enjoyable way of running. <laughs> You're just going to get so tired and so fatigued. So I think it's about finding the enjoyment in running and the right structure. So finding maybe a plan that will give you a mix of different, like a variety of things. So you've got your easy runs, your longer runs, your intervals, and that's actually going to help you progress longer term. And it's going to be way more enjoyable. And just like finding nice routes where you can enjoy the scenery rather than having your head down, like trying to kill yourself every run, which would honestly make me hate running if I had to do that every run <laughs> yeah and it's something that actually we were talking about this with Ben founder of the runner app a few weeks ago weren't we that yeah that is exactly the approach that most people seem to take and perhaps to us who we've been running for a while having having a plan and doing different runs at different speeds seems quite obvious mm. but I say that and then I think back to when I started running and I used to go out and do a 5K and I used to time myself. Yeah. And on my carry my phone with my stopwatch <laughs> and see how quickly I could run a 5K. And, you know, that would include, like, stopping at traffic lights and stuff. <laughs> but I would still have to, like, try and beat my time from the last time before. Yeah. So, yeah, it is It's something that I feel like is such a game changer. And, well, as Ben's found with his success at Runner... Yeah, it helps a lot of people not only get on the bandwagon, but stay on the bandwagon. Yeah, for sure. And just like trying to explain the importance of easy runs to people, because mm. it's kind of like, it seems counterintuitive, right? Like, you're going to be a better runner if you sometimes run slow. Yes. And it just seems strange, but... You, that's where you recover you're still adapting because you've got time on feet your muscles are still working but you're recovering from those harder sessions and yeah. and then you're improving your endurance to, yeah and then able to go harder in the fast sessions okay so as you have just landed in rainy gray cold england <laughs> The next question is very relevant so with the winter months on the horizon how do you stay motivated to run outside? 
Yeah, I'm not well, I'm not a winter person. Mm. I really dread it. But and I do try to get away to some sunshine, so I kind of cheat. But I think a big thing for me is finding people to go out with because then I don't have the option of procrastinating and staying in the warm. You have to just get out. And I have to say, when you're out, it's never normally as bad as you think it's going to be, even mm. when it's cold and a bit rainy. Yeah. Once you're going, it's okay. Yeah. So totally. that would be my top tip. Find a buddy and just... Yeah, that's a very good one. Hold each other accountable. Yeah. What about you? How do you how do you still get out? I think that's a really good one. And I think just making sure you're prepared for the weather. Like we're in England, it's not going to be like minus 50 degrees. You know, you can dress for the weather. Uh, yes, you might feel cozy and warm inside. But like you say, once you're out, if you're appropriately dressed, like you're going to be fine. <laughs> um, I think once you start running, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm out. And just yeah. trusting that you've done it so many times before you can do this run. So just knowing that you're going to feel good for it afterwards. Um, but yeah, I do completely understand it. It's so much harder to get out the door when it's dark and cold and rainy. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes though, I do feel like you feel really badass when you go out and it's horrible weather Yeah, and no one else is out and you're like, I'm still out. Yeah. I I'm really hardcore. I think when it's rainy, it's quite like freeing sometimes. Yeah. You're just like, woof. <laughs> okay, funniest or most embarrassing moment or memory you have relating to running? Um, it, It's so strange because like, I wonder how many runs I've done in my life. And I feel like there aren't, like my running life seems quite boring, but there is one story that does stand out, which is probably the most interesting thing that's happened to me on a run um so this was quite a few years ago now and I was in Australia on the Gold Coast and I went out for a run just exploring like the local neighborhood minding my own business and yeah I was just on like a residential road or something and I suddenly in the corner of my eye see like this something approaching me and then like feel these claws in my scalp and I was like what the hell's happened I saw a bird fly away and I was like oh my god like this bird's like tried to attack me oh um, god so then obviously like adrenaline I start speeding up like trying to get away from the area and then it happened again and I go back like I finished my run like I was fine I was I wasn't bleeding or anything it was just like scratched but I go back and tell my friends this story and I was like telling them it was this massive eagle has attacked me and like I was convincing myself it was a huge eagle it looked so big but later discovered by asking a very knowledgeable man in one of the wildlife sanctuaries that it was the season where the Australian magpies which I have to say are not the same as English magpies they are not these little small ones they are way bigger big. google them <laughs> my, um, my on steroids <laughs> yeah it was the season where like they had the the little babies in the nest um so they're like protecting it and they clearly saw me as a threat to their nest which was probably 10 times taller than me like I was gonna steal their Little well, baby you do birds. look threatening stuff, I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I honestly think that's probably the most, like, weirdest thing that's happened on a run for me because all of my other runs seem to be pretty mundane, really. I know, it's amazing how much running we do and 
how uneventful it seems to be. But hey, I guess that's kind of a good thing. When you think of 10 years from now, what role does your running play? Oh, such a good question. I mean, given the way that women in marathon running are going at the moment, mm -hmm. I'd like to think I'd still be running in 10 years' time. I mean, and it's at a high level. incredible. Yeah, it's incredible to see how fast people are still going at 40. I mean, what did Sinead, Sinead Diver run? Like 222, I want to say? Yeah, well, she set the Australian record. She's She was like 45 when she did that. She's just, incredible. <laughs> yeah, that is just mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. So I would like to say still competing at a high level. And I think just going back to my why, feeling like I've taken as many cool opportunities and just found the open doors and gone down some cool paths with it, I think. I don't really know what those are at the moment, but definitely... I think there are just so many things that I'm open to trying with it and exploring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think the same. Like, there's no reason why I wouldn't be running in 10 years' time and still trying to get the most out of myself. I think, you know, like you just said, there are so many people still competing at such a high level. And I feel like I've still got so much more to come that it's quite comforting knowing that there isn't really, there's not an age limit that's close yet, you know? Like, I still potentially have, like, 15 years to progress. Yeah. And that's really exciting to me. So it doesn't feel like you need to, you know, you can take these baby steps forward and keep progressing rather than, like, oh, my God, I've got a year left to be the best I ever can be and then I need to stop competing. So I think, yeah, in 10 years I would definitely still like to be kind of getting the most out of myself um and well hopefully still enjoying it do you think could you can you see your races changing from you know longer to longer distances or trail or anything is that something you want to try yeah that's a good question um I've kind of always said to myself like I want to see what I can do in the marathon first you know, get to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel like it might not be like my peak marathon time, but it's like at a point where I'm like, yes, I'm really, really happy with this marathon time. Then explore like potentially ultra as well, mm. just because I feel like I really enjoy really long runs and I feel like my body can kind of hold a pace for a long time. So it's a bit of an unknown. Like maybe I would actually be completely crap at them, but how do you Fun know? <laughs> but the combination, like where you say trail as well, because I had the cross country background, actually, if you combine like the really long distances with off road, that sounds yeah. quite exciting. That so. is a trail ultra. Yeah. So you never know. I get asked this question all the time. What do you think about when you're running? Yeah, interesting. And um, so I think it depends what type of run. On my easy runs, when I'm just on my own, I think about like, absolutely everything that's going on at the moment. But I will, I could go out with a really like congested brain and loads of thoughts spinning, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I might be stressed from work or I'm trying to like work something out. But I know like a few minutes into this run, I'll be thinking and everything starts to make sense. I can like, order my thoughts I'll come up with a solution I feel like I can kind of like 
solve the world's problems on a run and I am guaranteed to finish that run with the answer I've been looking for or also just having perspective on things like sometimes I'll be really stressed before a run and be like I don't have time for this run like I've got too much to do and then you go for the run and you're like that really doesn't matter like I'm enjoying yes. this run like that thing I'm stressing about it really doesn't matter and I'll go back and I'll be like ah oh, that's so nice like I'm like I've, I've kind of got a plan of action and just got a sense of perspective so yeah that's definitely like my problem solving thoughts on easy runs and then in sessions I don't really think of anything it's kind of yeah I'm definitely not worrying Focused. about anything going on in life it's very much focus on in the moment I'm in um you know little thoughts enter your mind sometimes like and you try and shut them out like you might think oh this one hurts oh I want this rep to end but it's very simple thoughts and you kind of shut them off so mm. yeah very minimal in sessions yeah I'm very similar about you? Are you easy running you're so right <laughs> it is such a good problem solving technique uh, yeah and if I've got too many things on my to-do list I have to go for a run because then I know I come back I know exactly how I'm going to do it and I can crack through my to-do list so much better so yeah easy runs are definitely my like problem solving and set myself up for the day sessions also similar I, I actively try not to think too much mm -hmm. and I also use sessions as a way to practice like mental strategies for race day yeah so which a lot of it is trying to not think too much mm -hmm. but also when you know when you're in the really tough parts of the session just trying different strategies to get you get yourself out of a hole yeah so i i kind of go into it with quite i guess uh a bit of exploration as to what what things might work for me on race day and test them all out yeah i've definitely been doing that recently and then you know you kind of get to race day knowing you're prepared because yeah. you know oh that worked in that session and i got through that session and it went well so i can try yeah. that again which also yeah. gives you an extra boost because you're like <laughs> i know i came out of it yeah well and i did the session well so it's going to work yeah exactly um okay so another one kind of relating to sessions and easy runs how much slower are your easy runs compared to sessions and how wide are your range of paces that you run? I have a pretty wide range of places. My my easy runs are generally pretty easy. I probably run, I would say on average, between seven-minute miling to 7.30 for easy runs. And then my sessions are, I guess, marathon pace and quicker depending on what they are some of them are a lot quicker if I'm doing short track sessions and what's your marathon pace just so we can gauge the range there it's so about 5 30 minute miling so that's that just be... under apparently uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that would be for tempos and then obviously on the track for shorter reps it'll be way quicker sub five yeah um but easy runs I just don't look at my watch and I mm -hmm. really do try to go and feel I think if anything if I start running a bit quicker, I'll slow myself down, actively slow myself down, but I never actively speed myself up. Yeah. Any easy runs. Long runs are a bit different because I do them more steady. Mm -hmm. So around 6.30 down to 5.50s, some, something in that range. But Get them done quicker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also I do, I use them as a bit more of a session than a 
yeah. e- easy long run. Yeah, it makes sense. Are you similar? I am similar. So, like, yeah, with easy runs, I just don't look at my watch at all. Like, it's an easy run, so I'm using it to relax. Like, mm. I'm pro- I'm doing all my problem solving. You know, I'm not worrying about pace. Um, yeah, like, it depends. Some days I'll be tired, so I'll be running slower, maybe to, like, 7.45 to 8-minute miling. But some days I feel great, and it'll be a bit quicker like 715 but yeah usually averages about 730 miling like if I was to average it but I don't fixate on the pace at all and then um sessions same concept so well my marathon pace is about six minute miling so that would be kind of the lower end um and then it is obviously faster than that for shorter reps so it'll go towards like five minute miling for short reps but um yeah so it's a big range but I think Mm. Maybe it's important to highlight how big that range is for us and yeah. how it's okay to like not worry about your pace on those easy runs and you're not proving a point. Of them, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, the purpose is recovery. So whatever is going to make you feel better the next day and ready to go for your sessions. Yeah. That's what the pace is. I actually watched this documentary on um one of the training groups in Kenya and the men do their their double easy run so the one in the evening they're literally going like nine minute miling yeah i think well god if they're doing that obviously they're a hell of a lot quicker than me and they're running a lot slower on their double yeah i think they're they're running in the morning they do a bit quicker but yeah yeah it just shows you know recovery is is what those runs are for so make it recovery yeah absolutely so i think we've got time for maybe one last question and this one has to be for you. If you could listen to one Taylor Swift song for a whole marathon, what would it be? I absolutely love this question. And I really wish that I could listen to Taylor Swift songs <laughs> during the marathon, but unfortunately you won't see me wearing headphones when I'm racing. Um, but if I was to pick one that I had to repeat the whole time, then there's going to be a bit of a strategy towards this. I would pick all too well 10 minute version because as the name suggests, it is 10 minutes long. So you can kind of break down the marathon into these 10 minute trunks, like trunk chunks. (laughs) Um, You know, like if I was going for say 240, then you've got 16 songs. Hopefully less than 16 songs. Yeah, I know. That sounds really easy. And then once you've done one, you're like, okay, I've only got this many left. And so I think that would be a good way to break it down. Yeah. I mean, that does sound like it would make it a lot easier. I really miss the days where I used to wear my (laughs) earphones. I have to say, I used to love it. My first (laughs) London marathon and my second one, actually, had my my iPod all the way around with my cables everything cables attached yeah flailing around yep (laughs) loved it wow love that (laughs) okay i'm gonna ask you the same question though you've got to answer taylor swift song it would have to be something really upbeat Mm -hmm. maybe ready for it and actually i I got asked a similar question of what song would i have as like my theme tune for walking into chicago marathon and i think because it's an American marathon and when I was a, a lot of the some of the Puma girls are big Taylor Swift fans too I feel like when I whenever Love I'm in them. America my Taylor Swift listening goes well <laughs> up so 
it just felt very fitting and I said ready for it because it, it is just such a, you know, it'd be such a good song to start a I love with. that song. Good it, reputation era. So good. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I would choose that, although it would be a lot. Quite repetitive. Yeah, it would be very repetitive. But, yeah, it would fire you up. That'd be good. Can I just ask you one more question? <laughs> okay. Right, I... I know Rose said we'd have one more question, but I actually, there is one more that I really want to ask because I do get asked it loads. So I do want to know your answer to this. Um, is it better to be shorter or taller um, when you're running longer distances? I love that you get asked this. That's so funny. What, out of interest, what do people ask? Because I've never been asked this. Yeah. As a... The question people ask me, and it tends to be people that don't, they're not really into running and they're just maybe interested in my passion and they obviously know I'm quite on the shorter end of the scale <laughs> <laughs> and they just say how do you run so fast when you've got such small legs <laughs> and I, I don't I have been asked it multiple times and every time I'm a bit taken aback because I'm kind of like well like why couldn't I run fast with short legs have you not seen the Kenyans and the Ethiopians and running fast like just because you have longer legs people that are taller could still shuffle with like little short steps whereas yeah. I might have a long stride or like I can turn my legs over quicker so anyway uh, I I tend to just be like I don't know I just do <laughs> Just, just one, just, <laughs> just a miracle, a yeah, small miracle. I'm, I'm just a miracle. But yeah, yeah. what do you actually think? <laughs> I mean, I would say it's it's all to do with your, I guess, height to stride length to power. It's a whole ratio. So height is only one thing. But actually, as you say, if you've got like long stride length, if you've got the power to cover more ground, then yeah, you can run quick. I don't necessarily think height determines whether you're fast or not I mean as you say the Kenyans a lot of them are tiny and actually I stand on start lines and I feel I'm a good like head above a whole most of, <laughs> most of the marathon runners but then Paula Radcliffe was five seven as well so I yeah I did not necessarily I think the the majority of marathon runners in particular are smaller but I'm not sure that necessarily is what dictates speed yeah i i completely agree so, yeah. i don't think you need to be a specific height or anything like that like you have yeah. you have so many incredible runners that are all like different heights and shapes yeah. and everything so yeah there's not one one body type that makes you a fast runner for sure it's so much that goes into it yeah i think especially in the long distances perhaps with the sprints you do have to be, you know, very strong, very powerful. Yeah. And I I think that's, you kind of either got it or you don't. Yeah, yeah. But I think marathon running, you, any body type can do it, I yeah. believe anyway. Yeah, you see it anyway. Like you see so many different body types. And, um, but it is funny because we did discuss the other day how, um, Distance running, you can have a range of body types, but with track and field, you already mentioned sprints, like maybe a bit more specific, but 
field events as well. <laughs> yeah, Steph, you're not going near the high jump. The high jump. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, yeah, it just does depend on the discipline, but I would say for long distances, like very, very inclusive sport we are. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that has brought us to the end of our season one listener questions. Didn't get through quite all of them, but we will save them till the last episode of season two. Yep. Thank you very much, listeners, for sending it in. That's been so fun answering them all. And, yeah, we can't wait to to do it all again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Season two, that. bring it on. If you have been loving it, then don't forget to like the podcast on Spotify or Apple and subscribe on YouTube. You don't miss anything. Thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. See you soon. 